I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, and happy Monday. Happy new month of June. And I emphasize happy because Lord knows we need it. This is Super Soul Sit Down, the after show for Oprah's podcast, Super Soul Conversations. And today we're covering the Super Soul Conversation that Oprah had with Ellen DeGeneres. And this was dated back to 1997 on that monumental show when Ellen DeGeneres spoke about coming out. And this is also so timely because it's Gay Pride Month. So we have a lot to talk about today. I'm your host, Jamie Alexander. And of course, with me always is the very talented Haley J. What's up, everybody? So yeah, like you said, we always want to come with our Monday mornings, getting everyone motivated. But sometimes, you know, we're here most importantly to talk about things that matter in real conversations. And that doesn't always mean it's pretty and positive. And even though my hope is that we can get to that place, we have some hard discussions to get through first to make sure we understand what we're fighting for. Um, So yeah, we're going to get into all the important things, but it is the first of Pride Month and um, we're talking about acceptance for being, wanting to love someone and having the world judge you because of who you love. Yes. And it's my birthday month. Is it your birthday month too? Or yours just passed? Mine just passed on Friday. Yeah. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I'm such a terrible Gemini sister. I completely missed it. No, it's around here. Time (laughs) does not count in quarantine. The days just passed, but thank you. Oh, sending you so much love. I'm excited. Okay. Well, mine's June 9th. So yes, we in here. You got to write that down. Still give that a little bit. (laughs) Eight days away. Yes. So this show was really good and you can tell me what you like most about it. I know you always collect the quotables, (laughs) but I definitely think it's really important. I believe everything about this message. You guys, this message was totally about the perception that people have of people, the shame that comes with people who don't feel comfortable because of the way they feel others are going to perceive them and the hiding and the false narratives that we put on ourselves and the false face that we put on ourselves to show up in a way that we think in a warped kind of sense of thinking is acceptable just because we think that that's what the outside wants to see. So we can talk about things like authenticity, be authentic, which sounds real great and real surface, but there's sometimes a lot more work needed to get to the surface as to why people feel like they can't be their full selves. So when it came to this podcast, Haley, what was kind of like your favorite part or overall what stood out to you? I think Ellen made a really good point when she talked about, you know, the stereotype of what someone assumes a gay person looks or acts like. And I do feel like a lot of um, people that are in the gay community are big personalities and are really fun, exciting people. And unfortunately, I think that can push away someone who doesn't understand that at the end of the day, Ellen put it perfectly that at the end of the day, they're just people that want the same thing we all want. We all just want to love who we want to love and not have to be embarrassed or ashamed for who we want to love. Love is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And to be felt like you're less than because of who you love is such a terrible, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like if I had friends or family that didn't accept me for someone that I wanted to be with. And at the end of the day, as long as it's not someone else's boyfriend, it really shouldn't matter who's in your bed. That's your personal choice. And, you know, that's, it just, you should never judge someone based on 
that type of preference in my opinion. But what I really did like is we're not shocked that Oprah time and time again has shown us how amazing she is as a person, how compassionate she is as a friend, but Mm -hmm. her speaking up for Ellen technically did push people away from supporting her because she knew that a lot of people did not agree with Ellen being gay. And by her taking her platform and knowing that she was going to lose quote unquote fans for doing what was right. I really admired that she wasn't afraid of that because um, even what we're seeing with black lives matter, where we see the celebrities saying, if you, if you don't support this movement, then you're not a fan of mine. And that's okay to lose that fan. I don't want you as a fan. That was kind of Oprah's approach where she was saying, if you don't support my friend loving who she wants to love, then I don't need your support because that's not someone I, I want in my circle at all. So I liked that the most. Yeah, I definitely like it because that type of thinking and behavior keeps us so small to assume that all gays just have sex and are overdressed and they're all doing this and that. It's just so small of us to keep our minds really tiny. And, you know, I like that you mentioned, you know, Black Lives Matter. I know there's a lot going on in the streets with the murder of George Floyd, um, you know, by the cop. Um, And I just think that right now is an opportunity for us to think for ourselves more than we've ever done before. Because obviously, like you can see, even in this podcast, a lot of what was said was, hey, you know, Ellen kind of felt like she was at the forefront of doing something different and just moving forward in boldness and courage. Um, I do like that she repeatedly stated, like, I didn't think it was a big deal, one of people's business, blah, blah, blah. Because I kind of agree with that. It's like, why do we need to have a big conversation yeah. around if someone is gay or not. I really, I personally don't care. And it's not like, oh, I don't care about you. But it's like, girl, like for reals, like do you like, and I think mm-hmm. that now more than ever, we're seeing an opportunity to kind of turn on the lights in our own minds and question where we get all these behaviors and limited beliefs and thoughts, especially yeah. about people. You know, one thing that I read um, is something that stood out to me and I reposted was they were talking about the rebranding of the black man. And I really kind of took to that wording just because I feel like sometimes it's the same thing. You know, we see it's fun. You know, African-American culture is bought and eaten up all over the world and that's cool, but not everybody's yo, what's up? you know, not everybody's right. a gang banging thug now, but, but sometimes that needs to be said. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's the perception. And that's why, you know, I also feel out, feel like in Ellen's case and what's going on now, the media plays a huge part in how things are portrayed and how Absolutely. people feel and how they feel allowed to move. And I think it's just time to dismantle the whole thing. And it's time for us to think for ourselves, take into consideration what you see, but also use your own mind. And I love yes. the way she spoke to families because it's like, I get it. I grew up in a Christian home. I didn't see the, the Bible thumping this and that. So I get it. But then what I thought about when she was talking um, you know, fa- about families in America and how that's so acceptable, but this is not, it kind of made me think like, well, gosh, some families should be really open to it and embrace it because when their children want to come forward, you know, or mm-hmm. their children's friends and whatever, don't you feel like you want to be equipped to at least have a conversation and not allow your limiting beliefs to tear you away from people you love or people that you could possibly love, but will never meet because you're small. Right. I was going to ask you that when Ellen talked about her magazine cover and on the cover says, yep, I'm gay. And the mother in the audience who had a problem with her children seeing that we have to ask ourselves, what is the problem with your children seeing that? Why, what is so bad about a young person? Because that, that 
in wanting to hide it from a young child to me comes off as taboo. Just like you don't teach a young kid to cuss because it's like not, they're not ready for that. So even building the stigma around being gay as taboo or like, we'll tell you when you're older, that's already part of the problem, right? Like, just like you said, we (sighs) wouldn't highlight someone being straight and make a big deal out of that. So if we just start, and I do believe a lot of parents are making moves with this. I've seen a big culture shift. Maybe it's just being in California more, but I do see a lot more parents being very accepting. Um, Even um, Gabrielle and Dwayne, how they're very accepting of their daughter. I should know that. Yeah, I think that's what they would like. Yes. I mean, Um, I think, yes. Yes. But just being so (laughs) outspoken about, yes, I'm going to let my child decide for themselves, I think is really, really beautiful because yeah, just like you said, how terrible is it to stop someone from living their full potential because, because of what someone else's opinion, like that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can see both sides, you know, um, and I try to do so, you know, we're Gemini's, we got that duality going on. So I always like to look objectively at both sides. And I guess I could see, I don't have kids, but if you're not ready to have a certain conversation with your kids, if you feel like someone announcing that they're gay and now you have to have a conversation that you're not yet ready for, which again, it's just throwing things out there. I don't have any, you know, my beliefs on it are different or, but it's just, um, you know, I guess I can see how that would annoy people. It's like turning on the TV and you see two people having sex and you have to explain to your four-year-old, well, when two Mm -hmm. people like each other, you know, so I can get how there could possibly be a frustration. But I think what I'm excited about when I become a parent is the opportunity to be open. So if they see it and it comes up, I guess that's the time we got to talk about it or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. just giving them that open space to be, because, you know, like Oprah said, when you're pretending to be something, you know, you can't be all that you're created to be. And I'm very passionate about us being able to be who we're created to be. That is Mm -hmm. all we're here for on this planet. Um, So you can't ever be in alignment when you're living someone else's story, right? Yeah. Or too afraid to live your own. We hide pieces of ourselves and it's, you know, it's, it's just too much work. I think what a Jim Carrey said that we're walking around depressed because we're carrying versions of ourselves that don't exist or something like just something to the fact that we go through depression because we're trying to be something we're not. And our body's like, dude, I can't carry this persona. This is not Mm -hmm. it. I want to be, and you're making me do. And now I'm physically a heavy weight to carry. Um, what you were saying before about why do we think this way about things? Why are we grown up to believe that this is taboo? I think I totally understand what you mean by maybe parents want to wait till their children are older to talk about sex or talk about different types of relationships. But I think at the root of it, a lot of parents aren't ready to maybe accept or talk about it because they fear that that's setting their child up for a hard life and a non-accepting life. And I think this is when we get this beautiful opportunity to change that story. So parents in the future don't ever have that preconceived fear because that's just, you know, I guess that's me wishing just the world was perfect that parents never had to fear that their child would be treated differently because of being gay. Because at the end of the day, like, isn't this what we're, isn't that the whole point that no one should be treated differently for who they love? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody should be treated differently for any reason at all. Um, Obviously Mm -hmm. with what we see in the media happening now, um, you know, as remnants of people being treated different because of the color of their skin, which is asinine. And, 
I think what I'm seeing when it comes to all of this is we have a lot of work to do as people. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of work to do as a country. It made me think of one of our last shows when we were talking about uh, Dr. Alan Lightman and he spoke about um, what is our value as a country. And I don't, I think we've lost ours. We've taken God out of everything, out of the schools because we're afraid of offending, blah, blah, blah. If this is a country that believes in God and we're the melting pot, then right. we believe in God. That's what it is. If you want to come from another place and you don't want to believe in God, you have that right. But everybody's walking around so offended. And it's just like, there's a pile up of layers of so many issues and problems that if we could just get to the root of it and eradicate it at the core, we would be so much better off. Like even with all this stuff that I see coming up with race, not even coming up because it's been here. Right. You know, I think about the way our country was founded and it's like, we all like to pretend America's this great country and that there wasn't tons of bloodshed and slavery at the country's inception. This was not Christopher Columbus and whoever's land. This was right, not right. like, you know what I'm saying? So we've, we've been on the wrong path and I'll always believe until the foundation is cleaned and white, you know, we start anew, we're going to have trouble. But I do think what this podcast and what some of these issues bring up is the opportunity for us to, um, do the self work because it sounds, you know, there's protesting, there's this, there's that, there's all kinds of things to do, but the self-work allows us to examine where all of this stuff came from and then how do we move forward? Like really you're so, And like, also giving people the opportunity to ask questions without hating them for it. Cause I just, and I'm trying to put this the right way. When you hear people that are saying, I'm not racist, I'm not racist. It's like, it's saying that it's not about you saying you're not racist. It's that's not enough anymore. You have to acknowledge that the stereotypes are there, that they do exist. And I think asking the questions and having conversations, even I'm having conversations with my friends about all topics that I've never had before this deeply and not to shine any light on the situation, but I'm grateful that those conversations are coming up with even, I was just learning about the riots that first started with um, sexuality right. and gay awesome in 1969, I didn't even know about that. And so my roommates and I had a conversation of, let's watch all these documentaries. Let's actually educate ourselves on all of the problems, racism being obviously a major one, but not even the only one. Let's educate ourselves more than we ever have before. So I just hope that instead of canceling everyone that maybe did grow up with a racist family that knows no different, but wants to change, maybe is learning for themselves as they get older that, wait, this is completely backwards. I hope people just allow people to learn because I, I want to believe at the core, most people do want to be better. So I just hope that we can, and it's hard because the anger is absolutely justified, but I would just, I would love to see us come together and be able to openly discuss and ask questions without fear, but to genuinely learn and and understand why these things are so, so messed up to get a little bit of history. So we realize the impact of what's happening if we didn't before. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best you can do. You know, I, I chat with, with my friends who are not people of color. I've, I'm getting a lot more questions and stuff now these days. And I have to admit, you know, I didn't grow up you know, the way even my father did. My, you know, my dad had to stand up and eat because he was black. My dad was shot at because he was black. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I have, I, I don't want to speak as if that has been my um, experience. So we have come a little bit of the way, 
But what I would like to see is not only individual responsibility, because at the end of the day, I think that's going to take precedence over everything. But, you know, it would be nice to see a country who could snap to with the lawmaking. Sometimes it bothers me when they're like, you know, make sure to vote for this person or make sure to get out there and vote, 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 because this person, so that you're aligning with people who believe in this, that, and the other. Okay, cool. But why are not all candidates about not using excessive pro- uh, police brutality and force? Why mm-hmm. is why are all candidates not about like murder and not? Why are all candidates not about completely eradicating racism, especially in a job of public service? You can't be a racist public servant. If that's your case, you're going to need to resign. Why are we Big. not as one? That's just the giant more radical problem, right? Well, it's just it, like you know, we are, we shouldn't, this should be to be a citizen of America. You should have, these should be rights. We shouldn't be fighting for these things anymore. This should be, I, I'm this not, shouldn't I'm even not fighting. be I'm going to tell you that. Correct. But to, to even have, like you said, to even have to encourage people to vote for the right ones. The fact that they're not all on this page is ridiculous. Yeah. It's really scary. And I kind of was telling, you know, my dad too, like, I, I a million percent appreciate the people who are out there protesting. I really do because it shows something. It shows some action. It shows that people are fed up and, you know, that people are on board. I just also feel like for me, um, I'm not going to go out there and ask for what's mine at all. Um, people from my lineage been doing that and it's time to stop. It's not, for me, it's time to walk in our power now. Sometimes with all of these things, we react. And as outraged as I can be, carrying that vibration is not going to help eradicate the problem, but being strategic is. And Mm -hmm. I would love to continue to get on teams and to continue having conversations about strategy. Because at this point, that's really what it's going to take. And I'm not saying be passive about things, this, that, or the other. But, you know, like you said, you and your friends were talking about things and like having people been marching and protesting and asking for how if that ain't working, I'm not we're going to have to change something and it's going to have to come by hell or high water now. Um, And, you know, so even with the situation with Ellen, her coming out and just not even like standing up for her rights, just being who she is because she's allowed. It's nothing you have to fight for. Now look at the culture of things, you know, it's not completely perfect, but the needle has moved a little bit. Now you're, mm-hmm. you know, we have gay pride month and parades and and not like being gay should be reduced to a parade or a month, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not it's so much of this weird hush right. hush. You're a freak. Cause that's what she said. She was worried about being labeled as a freak. Right. Right. It's not that type of a thing anymore. So I'm hoping to see with this, that's how I feel with everything going on now with the George Floyd murder and Ahmaud Arbery. We didn't even have a chance to get over that before we jumped right, into this right. one. So um, I'm still hopeful. I'm not happy about it, but I'm hopeful. It's so crazy. Cause I, I do feel like I'm in a little bit of a bubble being here because it seems like every single person I talk to is on the exact same side. And so it almost seems like, where are these awful people? But clearly they're there. And unfortunately, a lot of them, which are our biggest issue right now, seeing how police are treating people. And 
I, I, I did read something interesting on Instagram where it was like, stop highlighting the good policemen. And I go back and forth with that because I do want to still, still, you know, support the ones that are genuinely doing it for the right reasons and want to help and protect people regardless of their race, gender, any of matter. You're, you are the protector of the people, but I also, I don't want to be the person that is also the person that's not focused on the issue. And LA went nuts because they beat the living hell out of Rodney King. They sat there and just beat on that man. So this has been an issue. And that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. Like, so now we have the camera phones and we have, you know, all of this stuff to help. But I think right now, the only value in highlighting the good cops is to, um, like, I would like to see every police chief all over the United States and every single precinct stand up and let us know what they're going to actively do starting Monday to eradicate all the BS out of their department. So good cops, y'all start ratting on some of those people that you know who have said things in the little coffee break room, who you've been on duty with, who have done things that start ratting them out. Chief police start get handing people their papers. To be honest, it would be even to be offering some jail time would be really cool Mm -hmm. because that is what people are afraid of. Like if there's not going to be any consequence, like when Amy Cooper sat up there in the middle of a field by herself on the phone with her dog, like (laughs) just the fact that someone thinks they can use the police department to weaponize against another person shows that we like, we have the power to get it done. But if we're going to not collect it, we're going to be about this slow process and job. Like even the fact that you know, the president is sending in the military against the people. I get it because things have gone left, but we couldn't send the military Mm -hmm. or somebody or the FBI into some of these police departments long time ago. Like, what are we doing? Like, I kind of, well, even the three cops that watched it happen. That's what's another, it's like mind blowing enough that one person would create or would be capable of doing such an awful, awful thing. But the fact that three people let it happen too, is just like, I, I questioned the, the training in the police academy that like, what are they teaching them to, to have so many of them act this way? Like, what does the course look like? You know what I mean? Like it's, it does seem very, like even watching the cops at the protests, I, they looked scary. They looked really, really scary. Militant, it looks like yeah. an, it looked, yeah, looks like a militant, looks like an army didn't feel safe. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what the answer is or how things are going to um, unfold, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we need to be. 2020 is the year we all ask for. It just don't look like it because we clarity, you know, let's see 2020 vision. Well, here it is. You're right. Can you see clear now? Because this is what it is, you know, and I really feel like the media, even with this podcast um even with the second woman the guest on here Jeanette Wells that with walls that was so nervous to claim yeah. that she was broke when she was young all of these things I think are perpetuated in the media and I definitely think it's time for us to know the difference between entertainment and then propaganda and programming and what we're being fed and the narrations that are being shoved down our throats so we because that's some some of this like don't get me wrong I'm all about Black Lives Matter I think it's great that they put something organized and together but I also can see how um that can be used there's a fire and then I feel like the media comes and then puts pop it in and then we got to know when okay we got to stand up and so 
again, like we started at the top of this conversation, it's all about individual mindset. Do we know who we are, what our values are, where our roots are, what, you know, are we willing to do the self-work and unwind the wrong things that we've been taught when we're judging people? Can we stop in that moment and, you know, reverse that and heal that? Like, let's just get to the work, you know? Yeah. And I do, it, it will never be enough to bring back George Floyd. It will never be enough money donated, but I just, it's, it is hard to say because we've, you know, just like you've said, history, this is not the first time. So I can see how some people are like, what's going to change now? Like we've been doing this for years, but I just hope that the more conversation, it does feel like I said before, like these are, this is the most, I think I've gone into this ever when it comes to all social issues, not just Black Lives Matter, but even wanting to research um, just mistreatment of all types of people and everyone's story and sexuality and everything. I just hope more people are doing that. And I hope that the social media and the petitions and calling the numbers and the marching and whatever way you choose to be involved. I think we all have, if you have an Instagram and not saying, you know, if you don't post, you don't care. But I personally feel like if you have any sort of platform it is your responsibility to say something because I think the more we talk eventually, I'd like to believe that instead of breaking down in 2020, that we break through, that we learn how to come together. We learn what it really looks like to care about one of another. And we, we make the change that we've been so desperately needing to make for years and whatever reason still struggling to be in 2020 facing what seems like it could have been generations and years ago still having the same problem yeah like that was powerful when people are quoting mlk and you're like like we were taught in school that we got past racism is the thing we were taught that the mlk march is what made all the difference and that's why i think it's so extremely sad to see that it's 2020 and we're having yeah the same we've come a long way definitely can't just not saying that you're doing it at all but yeah we um we can't disregard you know what martin luther king did because obviously yeah. you know it helped us come a long way you know yeah, yeah. black african-americans black folks in the usa we have a lot of opportunity um and we have a lot of space and ways to grow but i also think there's just so much trauma Right. to the to us as a whole you know generational curses and dna and trauma and all that stuff mental it's all very real so um i don't know where that you know i read something that gavin newsom governor gavin newsom put and he put he said the black community is not responsible for what's happening in this country right now we are we are our institutions are responsible we are accountable to this moment. Let's just call that out. And that's kind of refreshing because, you know, I did, people are like, well, what should we do? What should we do? It's like, girl, our people have been fighting this whole time. You figure it out. These are, this is, when I say these are your institutions, they were because when they were set in place, we were in slavery. So you tell us what we need. Like you tell us what your people need mm-hmm. to do type of a deal. And I hate to even make it like you against us. Cause that's not even who I am or how I, I was raised, but you know, it is what it is. The way things were set up, you know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. This is kind of like something since the beginning of time. So 
we just have a terrible habit of doing things like this. And I do definitely think for all people, we're, you know, there's a couple topics that we have going on here with the podcast and what's going on in real life, but we all deserve to live guilt-free, shame-free, free, 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 for real free. <laughs> and not yeah. like, oh yeah, you don't have to stand up when you eat anymore, but don't stand over here wearing this or that because that might be a problem. That's still PTSD. That's still trauma that rides under people's bones. Like I don't, I'm gonna tell you now, I don't feel comfortable calling the police or anything. I'm gonna try to figure it out myself before I dial 911. And that sucks. That's just weird. Like, but that's how I genuinely feel. And part of it is because of a little bit of personal experience and a personal personal experiences from immediate friends. And then some of it has been exacerbated by the news. So again, it's just like all of this imagery and you know, all of these things, even when it comes to Ellen and the gays and all this, gay doesn't mean flamboyant and everybody has AIDS and everybody like, you know what I'm saying? You're mm -hmm. the person sitting next to you on the bus could very well be gay. And that's fine. like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's just really weird. I don't know, but I do love that this is all coming to the surface in such a way where you can't ignore it now, you know? And again, I want to choose my words very carefully. Because I know me is... too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> especially off, but... being a young white girl who in reality, we'll never know what that's like. And I want to, I want to acknowledge that I'm always going to be in support of Black Lives Matter. But I also want to acknowledge that I don't know what it personally would be like. And even going back to when I called the cops and I couldn't get any, did I tell that story that I, I didn't Not tell that story. I did. Last night I had to call the cops because my neighbors were getting in a fight. And, um, I, at first I was like, I don't want to be dramatic, but then I couldn't help but feel just like a bystander with everything else going on. I'm like, I have to at least have the situation checked out. If someone's hurt, I, I just want them to make sure it was, it sounded like two women screaming. And, um, I was on hold for almost two minutes and no one answered. And I found out someone else had called the cops. So at that point I felt it was safe to hang up, but I was just thinking, wow, how terrifying if I was in a real situation, if I was, if I was scared of my, for my life and I couldn't get an answer on the phone. And then it hit me where, wow, I'm experiencing this for less than two minutes. This is what it's like for so many African-Americans that don't feel like there's anyone to call to protect them. And I was just like, uh, yeah, because I'm going to tell you now, wow I would have to me. look and be like, if it, it, it's so funny. And I, I'll just say it because it's just how I feel. It's like, dang, if I see two people fighting and they're black or they're black men, I'm going to literally try to say something before I call the cops. Because if I call the cops, I feel like I'm going to be the person who called the cops on George Floyd probably feels a little bit like crap right now, you know, just yeah. because and it's just it should, just shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't have to yeah. think twice. They shouldn't have to feel bad. This should never be the issue. I don't even want to harbor thoughts like this. I want to think that we've gotten over everything. But like I said, between everything going on, it's really tough. Um, the Jeanette Wal Walls girl that was in this podcast kind of tripped me out. But I, I was able to relate to her a little bit on some level. What did you think about her story um, and how she felt the shame and guilt of being wealthy and kind of the facade that she was carrying around? It's almost opposite of what most people do these days where it's like they brag about their money, but she, she felt this guilt. And I know that she offered her mom and dad a place to stay with her, but I love what her mom said when, when they said, when she asked, what do I say to people when you're on the street and I'm living this life? And she said, tell them the truth that this is what I choose. And I think we do have to respect that in some sense that not everyone wants what we want. And even though that could look very strange that someone would choose to live on the street rather than in the comfort of a home. 
you have to accept that maybe that's someone's preference and that has to be okay if that's what they want especially if they're an adult and they fully are allowed to make their own decisions and that would be tough I can't imagine if I saw my dad suffering and wouldn't come live with me if I offered him a place to live but I would have to I guess accept that that's what they want yeah and it kind of spoke to me too in the way that it's like well Jeanette wasn't even getting what she wanted she was doing what she thought she had to in order to remain being accepted because she thought that she was going to lose her life and um, you know, the high life and be rejected by people. And it just brings up a good point. Like some people are really living a false life because now it seems like she's living the real life, living in Virginia on the farm or wherever she's at with the, you know, in a suburban area that seems to speak to her more. And that's where she ended up. But it's like, you know, how many of us are doing so much that isn't even us we're carrying lives that we didn't ask for or we didn't want. We are involving ourselves in places we don't necessarily really resonate with being. But all of the things and the behavior and the stuff that we're doing just because of shame and guilt, just because of where we came from, just because we're overcoming things within ourselves. So I really think hopefully a lot of this stuff is also an opportunity for us to really introduce emotional intelligence therapy the science of the way we think and things like that, this stuff should be in the schools. So early on eradicate some of the, we don't need little boy that was picked on all throughout school to become a cop. We need him to deal with that. And we need those kids not to be bullies. We don't need, and there's always going to be stuff that goes on, but you know, just Mm -hmm. when you're carrying a false self, I really think that that messes with your brain so much that, yeah, a lot of weird and strange and uncomfortable things can happen. Sometimes it's safe and sometimes it's not so safe. Absolutely. And you, you called me out for being a quote girl. And I do have a favorite line that they said that the best thing about what makes Oprah Winfrey special is that while she's pulling herself up with one hand, she's pulling up other people with the other hand. And I think that is the message we need more than ever unity. We need to, this is a, major world issue. It's not, this cannot be something done without the support of everyone. We all need to be on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So hopefully we'll see more of that. It's very interesting times. We definitely want to stay safe out here. Um, I, you know, sometimes I'm hesitant to share things, but I'm in a space now where it's like, well, I get to live my truth too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I almost felt a little bit when I was posting that it was like, look at me, I'm calling the numbers. And I was like, I hope this doesn't come off. Like I'm trying to, you know, brag, but then I was like, I feel responsible to speak up. And if someone out there takes it wrong, I don't care because I feel I need to say something. So. Yeah. Right now I actually, um, don't feel led to say too much. Um, and I wish somebody would get on my social media and ask me questions about that. It's mine. Don't ask me. Well, that's the thing. You're in entitled to, <laughs> you're entitled to handle it whatever way you feel works yeah. for you. And I definitely think that what, you know, because we do super soul sit down and all of this stuff has always been important. I don't want to lose sight of how important it is to stand to your ground. Dwayne Dyer said something like, you know, for example, grief, when somebody, or, you know, when something bad happens or, or you see sick kids or you see starving kids, like 
get to action, sure. But me just being like, oh my God, there's so and and matching the vibration of sadness and this and that, that's that's not what moves the needle forward. And I actually believe in that. So again, being outraged and having a moment and in deep solid like prayer for these families, like it's wild from George Floyd to Arbery to everybody else before that to coronavirus to this to that. I feel, I pray, but I'm also like, you know what? I need to be in alignment to hear from the Holy Spirit and Mm -hmm. to hear from God, to walk in my purpose and passion because me being of sound mind and taking care of myself and not letting myself spiral down into the chaos, whatever that may look like is going to put me in position. Maybe, maybe I will have a sit down with the president one day. Maybe I will be somebody who says something that sparks the brain of someone else that changes everything else. Maybe I will be, but if I'm not prepared to walk in purpose and am of sound mind to do so, then how can I be used? So I don't want people to lose sight of that either. Like if you want to protest, protest, please be careful of the looting, of course. And you know, all of these things, if you want to post, post, do anything that you feel in your heart. And, And I hope people also feel welcomed to feel okay to not feel guilt and shame for giving themselves self-love, self-care. Think about what you need to do. You're not being selfish by wanting to have a sound mind and take care of yourself so you can be the vessel of change in whatever field that means. You know, so it's still all very important. And um, I just wanted to share that that, that, that little was, tidbit. That was incredibly well put. I think you should uh, piece this out and share that because... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there, there can be a guilt feeling. Am I doing enough? But you make a very, very strong point that sometimes action is not always best if you are not thinking of why you're doing what you're doing. So sometimes if you need to take a second to reflect or maybe just not be so outspoken at the end of the day, it's about your intention and your heart is from a pure place and you want what's best for everyone. So, um, I respect that completely. Yeah, I love it. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. It yeah. gave us such an opportunity. I hope you guys at home got something from this. And, you know, let's examine ourselves, mm-hmm. everything around us, but let's examine ourselves as well, because it really does start with us. It's not just some corny line. Be the change yeah. that you want to see. You know, it's it's very intentional and actionable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Haley has a poll that she puts out mm-hmm. on her Instagram every Sunday. So I hope you guys are following her on Instagram so you can participate. But Haley, why don't you dive into that and share what the super soul poll has to say? So when we were talking about the very beginning of the episode is this idea of can you live your authentic self? Can you reach all that you are meant to be if you are not living who you really are? So the exact quote was, if you're pretending to be something you're not, you'll never be what you're meant to be. And that was true or false. We have 83% say true, 17% says false. Jamie, what do you, what would you have voted? Oh, I say absolutely true. Um, more and more and more and more. I'm, I kind of felt like what Oprah said. I feel like I walk in my truth. However, there's always those areas, you know, I was able to identify areas in myself where I'm like, you know what, girls show up. For example, like I used to get really down because you know, people sometimes think I'm more famous or more accomplished or more whatever than sometimes I think I am. So there was a point in time where I felt like I always needed to be doing something because people expected me to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing something, it's like, oh, dang, like it's not she enough. fell off or she's not, it's not enough. You know, so there's parts of me where it's like, oh, okay, if I'm tired, I'm still working anyway, because I was caring about, you know, so there's mm-hmm. pieces of myself where I felt like, um, weren't completely authentic, even though they had authenticity to them. So 
now more than ever, I, I feel like I'm walking completely in my truth. Um, if what I said, if, you know, I don't worry about offending people with everything I have to say or do or because I, I, I am strong in my intention and who I am. And because I know I have a good heart and I'm being real, that doesn't mean I'm always right. And I always welcome any constructive criticism or if I ever hurt anyone, like, let me know, mm-hmm. you know, so being there's no human. need for me to hide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, I agree. You can't that- fly with you if you've got weight on you, you know? Absolutely. And, and that being said, the journey of growing is such a cool thing to, to find your faults and you, it's, you don't figure out who you are without figuring out who you're not at the same time. So in all aspects of life, in our relationships and our personal choices, we have to fall down and skin our knees to, to realize that it hurts. And that's why we don't want to do that again. And that's how we get better. So I just hope that's a metaphor for what we're seeing in the world now with what seems like issue after issue after issue lately. I hope that, I hope that we break through instead of breaking down. I really, really do. And I believe that I believe most people are good. And I hope that that voice is louder than the violence and hate that we've been seeing, but maybe this is, this is hopefully as bad as it needs to get before we make a change. Yeah. And I mean, be aware people like you know, there are bad things going out, but there are good things happening. And this is not to diminish the pain or value of anything, but we, we have to be good stewards over our gates, our eye gates, our ear gates. What are we saying? What are we taking in? What are we hearing? And just for me, I've been off social media. You're not going to bombard me with constant chaos. you like, you're, I just won't allow it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. we have to be self-love, self-care, just watch the things you're seeing and hearing. You guys, I, everybody has enough of a mind and intu- intuition and sense of what's going on and how to be of help without just feeding on the chaos. I sure hope we get responsible with our media soon because um, there's, there's good and bad to everything. But yes, I agree with mm-hmm. you. There's, there's a lot of good and a lot of good people out there. Um, there are some issues that are hurting. That's why they're highlighted. So it doesn't mean turn a blind eye, but I'm just, you know, praying for everybody's mindset and everything that they're taking in. Um, yeah. Right. And last thing I wanted to say when, when sharing a good post, it's not at all disregarding the very real negative truth, but to me, it, it inspires me when I see things like that, that I, yeah. I believe that, look, this is possible. There are people like this that want better and won't stand for what we're seeing. So I just, I want that to be made clear that it would never, it would never diminish the reality of what's happening, but to inspire that we can get to a much better place. And it's so funny because (sighs) even in us saying this, it's like, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't even have to preface that, but you almost do because people do want to throw shame. (laughs) Not like, I don't feel like I'm getting it personally, but I do see, Oh, you know, if you're talking about this right now, or if you're not posting, or if you're not doing this, Mm -hmm. we got to let people be who they are. And just think there's there's always something, someone somewhere is going to have a problem. It's always doing, (laughs) you know? So yeah, let's just really, let's tackle this thing. I'm excited to implement strategy and to walk in my power and things. And I hope you guys are all motivated to do the same. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, thank you guys. Yeah. You can catch us here every Monday at about six ten PM 
Pacific Standard Time. Um, I'm your host, Jamie Alexander, and you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander, and that's J-A-I-M-I. I'm your host, Haley J. You can find me Instagram and Twitter at HeyJ, underscore. Be looking out for those Super Soul polls every Sunday morning, afternoon, depending on what time I wake up. <laughs> thank All you right, for this awesome week. conversation. We'll yes, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.